Hey fans, welcome to this week's edition of the Yellow Jacket Experience. I'm your host, Thomas Poole, Director of Athletic Communications here at AIC. Joining us this week is hockey goalie Zachariah Skog, as well as head field hockey coach Ronnie Peters. And I'm back here with Zachariah Skog and the men's ice hockey team. Thank you for joining me, Skog. Yeah, thank you very much. So, start off the year, you guys are currently 1-3, which I know is not obviously the outcome you guys won at this point, but you've played some really tough opponents, including an opening weekend home-and-home uh, -home series with Quinnipiac. Can you talk us uh, about both those games? And I know you lost in 3-2, but lots of signs of the ability to really bounce back and keep things going even when times are tough. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we uh, started off the year playing uh, a top 10 team in the country, and uh, obviously we didn't get the results that we wanted, but uh, I think that we had a, a great two games against them, and uh, I think we learned a lot. Uh, obviously, the result wasn't there, but the effort was there, mm -hmm. absolutely, and uh, yeah. I mean, be able to translate what you guys learned from last season, especially playing two really tough teams in the NCAA tournament, St. Cloud State and Denver. How were you able to carry over what you've learned from those two games, especially in the biggest moments, to really come in and really compete with Quinnipiac? Uh, I mean, it was uh, a great experience for, I mean, we were taking back uh, a big part of the team uh, mm -hmm. this year. And, uh, I mean, it's it was just a great learning experience for us to be on the big stage and, uh, you know, really show what we're made of and uh, I think we uh, we did a great job last year and uh, obviously we want a better result this year. So then after those pair of games you opened up the Atlantic hockey season your run at defending your title against Sacred Heart a 2-1 win can you talk about opening your conference season on the road down in Bridgeport? Yeah uh, we know that Sacred Heart is a good team and uh, uh, we as well so uh, it was a tough game um, we got a lot of sh shots blocked and it uh, helped me obviously and mm -hmm. uh, we did a great job and uh, yeah it was a great start to the Atlantic Hockey and we're happy with the result and uh, are ready to go against Army this weekend. So then you follow that up uh, with match or with a game at UMass uh, this past weekend a, a much better outcome than what we saw last year so obviously there's some sign of growth from you guys this year uh, 4-1 losses seems like it's a really really good game until the last three minutes when there might have been a couple breakdowns. Can you talk about being able to use that game and to be able to bounce back and prepare for Army this weekend? Uh, yeah, I think that we we played a, played a good game against UMass. Uh, obviously, the guys were very excited for that game. Uh, it was a good crowd, and uh, uh, I mean, Austin Albrecht was back in the lineup for us, and uh, he was very, very happy to be back there, and uh, I mean, we, we played a really good game. I felt like uh, we could have got a better result. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, uh, it was, uh, yeah, the guys are ready to go against Army. Like, uh, we're moving forward, and uh, it was a great test for us. Yeah, so you're able to come back and bounce back with really a home-and-home -home series for conference against Army this weekend. Obviously, the first game is down at West Point. Can you talk about what you're expecting from Army? I mean, obviously – Coach Lane coached there for a couple of years with Coach Riley, but at the same time, you know they're always a, a fit and disciplined team. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we're already 
started our preparations here uh, for the weekend and we know that they're very hungry team uh, they just got swept the last weekend so mm -hmm. uh, we know that they're gonna be ready to go and uh, so are we so uh, I mean we're getting prepared here whole week uh, for um, a great competitive team that uh, we kicked out uh, last year in playoffs so we're it's gonna be a great matchup so I'm sure that's something that makes them a little bit extra hungry knowing that you guys ended their season last year and then especially went on to the NCAA tournament and had the success that you did yeah for sure I mean uh, it was a it was a fun ride last year but that is in the past right now and I'm we're very excited to to keep going in uh, Atlantic hockey and uh, see what's uh, coming yeah so we're going to switch things up a little bit now one of the big reasons why we wanted to start this podcast is really to get to know our student athletes and coaches on a much deeper level and I think the first thing that really starts with that is can you tell us a little bit how you about about your start in hockey and I guess your transition over to the U to the U.S. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I started out uh, very young when I was uh, obviously back in Sweden. My uh, my mom put me in skating mm -hmm. uh, or figure skating. Uh, figure skating. <laughs> yeah, figure skating. Uh, <coughs> my brother was in hockey, and uh, but it was a good good time. Uh, I um, learned how to skate, and uh, obviously it was uh, s my brother had to shoot on someone so um, <laughs> I turned into be a goalie uh, quite fast so uh, it was uh, very fun. So then what was it like being a figure skater I guess first and then transitioning over to hockey? Yeah it was a pretty quick transition uh, it was not tough uh, I don't even remember but I got it told for me so uh, my mom <laughs> told me that hockey was more exciting and uh, that's how it all went down. Well that's not a bad thing I mean I don't know too much about the competitive figure skating world but I would imagine being your size, I mean, you're a taller guy, so I would imagine that would probably be a little bit more difficult for s someone of your size. Yeah, I mean, I was I was young. Uh, I wasn't that uh, height yet, uh, but mm -hmm. I've grown a lot since then. And uh, But hockey was just uh, something that uh, got me and my brother going. Uh, mm -hmm. We started out on the out at the yard, backyard, and, uh, you know, playing street hockey and all mm -hmm. that. So, uh, no, it's been fun. So then... Talk a little bit about your process over to the United States, I guess. Were you playing like a club uh, or a, I guess, I know in Europe there's a big, especially in the soccer world, the club model is definitely one that is a lot more common than what we have in the U.S. to where it's a high school type based um, system. Can you talk a little bit about what your level of play was over in Sweden before you came to the U.S. and then what your next step was in the U.S.? So the system is a little different. <coughs> you play for... At the same time you play for your high school, you play for a club, mm -hmm. uh, like you said. And uh, um, I got recruited into high school for uh, Frölunda. Uh, it's my hometown team, and it was a, like a green dream come true to represent that club. Mm -hmm. And um, after that, it was a little bit tough for me because uh, we got two other great goalies that got drafted to the NHL. Um, so I got bounced around a little bit, but um, I felt like I had more to give. Um, and then I... Um, uh, <laughs> and I transferred uh, into uh, looking at uh, the opportunities to come over here. Mm -hmm. uh, me and my family advisor, we looked at different options, and I came over and tried out for Omaha Lancers. Mm -hmm. um, and it, uh, the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> so then what was that transition like for you? I know I've talked to many of our international students, and it's definitely a learning curve getting used to it. But I can imagine going from Sweden to Omaha, Nebraska is mm -hmm. not necessarily the most common or 
easy transition. Can you talk about what, I guess, some of the struggles you had with that, but at the same time, how you were able to overcome those? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was uh, it was a great experience for me. Uh, starting out, uh, I mean, I went over with my brother and uh, my dad came with, and uh, so that was that was a nice first experience for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, went over there, uh, had the camp for for a week, and then we went back to Sweden. We knew that I was gonna end up there, so uh, it was it was great to be there at first for a week and get a feel of it, and then. Uh, I just uh, from the get-go, I had a great family mm-hmm. and that I live with, um, so that made it a lot easier to uh, transform into the new system and the language and the culture and everything. So, oh, it was great. Well, and that's one of the things I think people don't really understand about the junior system, especially if you're living with a family who is a local family, obviously there in town, and they're supporting you. And what type of support did they really give you to help you? become successful and eventually get to AIC? I mean, uh, I, I, that whole year for me was uh, to get uh, good grades on uh, ACT so I can eventually go to college. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had like some lessons with uh, some uh, teacher over there, uh, but the family was just great to me. They, they supported me and, you know, driving me to those tests and, uh, you know, helping me out with the language. I was a little bit of a bigger <laughs> language barrier back then, but it's still yeah. out there. It's still there. Um, but it was just a great uh, experience there. I, I loved every every minute of it. So then from Omaha, how did you really get on AIC's radar? And I guess who was the main um, contact for you at AIC and really pushed to bring you to Springfield? Um, it was uh, Langer, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Uh, we were talking... At the end of the year, I had some issues with uh, eligibility from NCAA, uh, but that all worked out after clearing all the all the stuff from Sweden. Uh, I mean, it's complicated to uh, translate all those uh, uh, all, all those the classes things. and yeah, everything. all the classes and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, but it worked out. It um, we had a great conversation. Um, he had um, he had good contact with my family advisor from before, so mm-hmm. uh, it worked out great. So then, was AIC a front runner the entire time, or was it something to where whatever happened when Lang contacted you and you just felt that connection? Is that what really changed it, or yeah. what was it for you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, it was late in the year. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't have any uh, other uh, great options uh, at that moment, so I I felt like uh, AIC would be. They, they believed in me and they really thought that I would, could make an impact from the get-go and that's what I wanted. I had some other offers, but it was not the same interest, uh, if you know what I mean. Yeah. They um, they really believed in me from, from the start and that um, that was great for me because I wanted to play hockey, you know. Mm-hmm. So then from there, you've obviously been here for a couple of years and it was very interesting to see the competition between yourself and Durante two years ago. Obviously, bouncing back and forth and fighting for that starting position and ice time is huge. And then last year, you really stepped up uh, when there was an injury and Durante went out. How has that been for you, I guess, from a comp- competition standpoint last year and knowing that you were able to step up when your team needs you the most, but also transitioning into this year to where Durante's back he's healthy and it's a good healthy comp- competition for that starting position um yeah it was tough last year when uh, Durante went down there uh I mean we 
Well, he's a really good goalie, and uh, I think the competition is great uh, for the team and everything. Um, so uh, him being back is uh, obviously unbelievable for us, so we don't have to rely on one guy. Um, it's uh, it's a healthy competition, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it's great for our program and for next year too. It's going to be uh, even better for for the future to come. Is that something that you were really looking forward to, I guess? Most starters don't ever want to feel like that they're under pressure from losing their job, but at the same time, it sounds like you've really embraced the competition to help you elevate your game to the next level as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, You always have to uh, become better at what you do, and uh, I feel like if you're just uh, standing still, uh, it's not healthy at all. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have a great competition uh, every day in practice, and uh, it's just... uh, it's just an awesome time with uh, him being back, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. So while you're here at AIC, what, what are you studying? Uh, business management and minor in finance. Okay, so obviously we, I would imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, but your next goal is probably to reach it or to reach professional hockey and eventually the NHL. But what other aspects of life are you looking forward to after AIC? <coughs> um, I for sure want to stay in hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh it's something I've been uh, dreaming on since I was a kid, obviously. And uh, no, I it for sure it's gonna be uh, playing for uh, more years to come. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, see what opportunities opens up after the season. And uh, but as of right now, I just want to focus on AIC and our season and the next game against Army. So then, looking at the classroom aspect of it, since you got to campus, what has been the, the hardest transition for you? Um, to really being a full-time student athlete while obviously making sure your grades are in check while performing at the highest level? Um, It's been, uh, in the beginning it was tough. I mean, uh, I haven't picked up the books uh, for a couple years there when I played junior hockey, Mm -hmm. Uh, but then I got into it pretty fast. I mean, uh, uh, you always have it in you, I I feel like, and uh, no, it's been, it's been good. Uh, I love it here, and it's, uh, it's a perfect, uh, perfect balance of uh, playing uh, playing good hockey and uh, also get your degree so it's great so then what do you think has been the most interesting or positive experience that you've had since you've been here uh, I mean everything uh, it's just the whole concept I uh, I really appreciate uh, the opportunity that I got to come here and play and uh, it's been an awesome ride so far and uh, I'm really excited for what's coming this year and what do you think makes AIC stand out above others, not only competition standpoint, but also the campus itself? Um, I mean, it's so cool that we have uh, so many imports. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like we get the, the get best mix of everything. Um, you know, we have guys that uh, m- maybe got turned down from other schools, but we show resiliency and uh, and a lot of hard work. Yeah, and it paid off last year. And uh we're just so excited to be back at it and with almost the same group and mm-hmm. a lot of new freshmen that are uh, ready to go and uh, are excited for the season. So, uh, no, it's great. So as we wrap up here, there's one question I ask every person who comes on the podcast because I think it gives us a really good insight into who you are. And that one question is, what moment in life has influenced you the most? Oh, this is a tough one. Um but I would say probably last year well, I had a little bit of a tough time. Um, family back home, uh, my girlfriend got uh, diagnosed with cancer, and that was really tough. 
but she showed so much uh, strength, like being home and I was here and uh, it was just a great, uh, it was just so, uh, uh, I, I, I'm not trying, <laughs> but it's, it was just uh, so cool f uh, to go through that and I got a whole new perspective of life. Uh, and it was a uh, very, very uh, good learning experience. And she's so strong right now, and she's got a job now, and uh, she's feeling good. So it's uh, great news from uh, from home. So that's pretty cool. Well, I'm sorry to hear about that, but I'm glad to hear that she's doing better and, and better spirits. And that's definitely something we don't ever w wish upon anyone. But at the same time, I know, especially in the month of October, uh, you guys and the baseball team, you guys are participating in the Real Men Wear Pink. And I know volleyball is hosting a dig night uh, on Tuesday the 29th. So we understand that it's something unfortunate, but we all that's something that we want to do is we want to be there to support and help others. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's great. I love the... Uh, I love the efforts that are putting out there f uh, from uh, from the school, and uh, it's just great opportunity for uh, raising the awareness of uh, what's going on out there. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Skog, and uh, good luck this weekend as you guys take on Army. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm now joined by head field hockey coach Ronnie Peters. Thank you for joining me, Ronnie. Thanks for having me, Tom. So this season, it's been a very unique one. To start the season, you guys started a program best, 5-0. and Can you talk a little bit about that start of the season? Obviously, you had wins against New Haven, Slippery Rock, Malloy, twice against Southern Connecticut. Can you talk about that start to the season and how that really set you guys up to be where you are now? Yeah, for sure. So um, college field hockey actually has changed a lot this year, uh, mm -hmm. our conference and overall uh, across all divisions. So we went to quarters, which I think has been a huge benefit to our program. Mm -hmm. We have a pretty small roster, but a really strong group of um, athletes out there. So everybody's really buying into what we're trying to accomplish. And, you know, I think that it's just been our mindset from the start, from preseason. We have some strong leadership. We have some you know, strong newcomers, um, and everybody kind of wanted to change things this year. So um, it obviously helps to get that first win under your belt, start to build that confidence. And, you know, we were really lucky to get string a bunch of them together because we do have a really tough conference. So that really built us up to start any 10 play. Mm -hmm. So this is your fourth season, correct? Third. Third. So you're almost to that fourth. But looking ahead, obviously you at this point you've had you have a program that is a majority – of the student athletes you recruited has that helped change i mean the philosophy obviously inheriting a team is different than being able to build it has that changed the philosophy that you're going about with your program now and how it, you're making sure you have that structure in place right actually um so the senior class this year is the last class that was recruited by the previous coach um my start date really hindered my ability to recruit a junior class. So we don't have any juniors on our team, mm. um, but the sophomores and the first years are both my recruiting classes. Uh, I think that, you know, even the seniors are buying into, um, you know, the change in our culture. So whether I recruited them in or not, I think that, you know, we all are on the same page, which is great. I do think that 
you know, the coach that did recruit them was a coach that was a coach of mine as well. So we probably have very similar beliefs in a lot of aspects of recruiting. So, um, you know, all four of them are student athletes that I would have strongly recruited myself. So I think that that's made it a, an easier transition. Um, and this year, you know, I don't feel that there's that, like any type of disconnect between me and that class. It seems like we're on the same page for sure. Mm -hmm. And having that leadership is a very important thing because earlier in the season, you guys lost three tough games against Stonehill, Franklin Pierce, and Assumption. Mm -hmm. But you guys were able to bounce back in that next game against St. Thomas Aquinas and really hopefully get that ship uh, turned back in the right direction. And then you played at Delphi, a nationally ranked team, to a one nothing loss. But that's still a much, pos or a much more – what's the right word I'm looking for? A uh, much better outcome that mm -hmm. we probably would have seen in the past. Yeah, I think we have an ability to fight through adversity this year. It's something we've talked about quite a bit. Um, our conference is strong, and, you know, I think we really ended our conference play with some tough opponents. So, you know, we started out with uh, St. A's, Stonehill. Mm -hmm. We had Assumption. We have Adelphi. We have um, Southern New Hampshire coming up tomorrow. So really strong teams within our conference. They're all in the top um, or have been in the top ten throughout this season in the country so um, you know I think that the ability to just prioritize the next game not really dwell on what happened we talk about it in you know our post game huddle a little bit but then we're looking forward uh, my team makes fun of me um, all the time because I always say that the most important game that we play is the next one mm -hmm. um, so you know once we walk off the field after Adelphi our priority is southern New Hampshire we don't you know mope around for several days thinking about that loss we look forward to our next game and you mentioned it, obviously, Southern New Hampshire here at home on Tuesday at 3.30. Can you talk a little, bit, a little bit about what you're expecting from Southern New Hampshire as you try to make this late season push with only two games remaining? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they have been really strong. Um, I think that Julie's done an amazing job there. Um, it's a fairly new program, so mm -hmm. she's really set um, a strong foundation they're, they have some incredible players. Uh, they're really well-rounded, um, and they've, you know, they've been really dominant this year. But, um, you know, I think that we will check out some game film, kind of check out their tendencies. But to me, and this has been my coaching philosophy um, since I've been here, and honestly since I've started coaching, is I really don't care about my opponent. I'm worried about our team. So we got to control the things we can control. We worry about, um, you know, our fundamental skills, execution, stuff like that. But I don't spend a ton of time like scouting our opponent, figuring out what they want to, they're going to do because I think from day to day it's all going to change. So we got to con control what we can control, and that's ourselves. So looking ahead, a little bit after that, you have Malloy to round out the season. Uh, obviously, another just tough opponent in conference. Can you talk a little bit about that matchup and what you're expecting from them or going in for that? Right, absolutely. So we did play against Malloy already. They were our um, third game of the season so mm -hmm. we started out our season real strong in terms of three games in four four days which was a lot so they were the last of those three games so we've already faced them which I think is good we kind of have a sense of who they are but that was really early in this season and this is going to be both of our last games of the season so um, you know I think that it's that's kind of one of those changes that the Northeast Tennessee is those new teams um, Malloy, Stack, and um, Mercy all joining this year has kind of you know thrown a wrench in things, which I've loved about our conference this year. There's not just one clear person that's taking, you know, taking the lead. I think that it's anybody's game at any given day. So um, we're expecting Malloy to come out strong. They're going to want to get that last win for their season just as bad as we do. 
Now, earlier you brought up the change of the game as a whole, and I know you mentioned the switch to quarters. Has that really changed your game plan in any way? Because I know as a former basketball coach, when you're playing with like media timeouts versus not playing media timeouts, there's a big mental shift in terms of how you're doing your substitution patterns and making sure your players are aware. Is that something that you're aware of, or do you think it's something that um, really hasn't affected your game plan? I mean, I think it's a huge change um, for sure. Mentally, thinking that you're playing 35 or th yeah, 35 minutes, now you're looking at 15, and then you're going to get some type of break. We have a lot of players on our team who play the entire game. Mm -hmm. So for them to be able to play 15 minutes strong and then get a quick you know, two-minute break and then play for 15 minutes more is a lot more, I think, you know, mentally it's a lot easier rather than thinking 35 minutes, that's a long time to play straight. Mm -hmm. um, and I think in the past we worried about that and conserved our energy. We wanted to go strong for those 35, whereas now we can go really hard for 15. Um, I also think, you know, like I mentioned earlier, and you touched on a little bit, substitutions. We don't ha have a whole lot of those. So um, it's been – it's actually makes my life a little bit easier, but I think that it's been, um, you know, better to have that ability to, you know, sort of just get somebody a quick fresh, you know, quick drink, quick mm -hmm. water break, um, you know, a quick refresher and then throw them back in. So, I mean, I think it's a huge change. Um, sometimes you feel like you're just finding your groove and there's three minutes left in the quarter, but generally speaking, I've loved the change and, um, you know, I think it was really great for the field hockey community. Now, what was the mindset of changing basic rules for field hockey uh, to go to the quarters? Was it something to line it up better more internationally, or what was the viewpoint for th from the coach's standpoint? Yeah, so internationally, um, a couple years ago, they changed to quarters um, sort of on a trial basis. Just this past December, they put it into effect um, into their rules, so mm -hmm. it was no longer that trial. And the NFHCA, the National Field Hockey Coaches Association, tries to align with the same rules as the International Field Hockey Association. So um, when they did it at that level, we tried to make that change. We voted on it at our conference in January. Um, you know, the, the coaching body was pretty split about it, surprisingly. Um, so I think that that was interesting, um, but obviously we went to it. So, it, you know, it made it to that next level of voting and we decided to make the change. Um, you know, I think from the start, to me, it was something exciting and new. Um, it's a huge change to our game. You know, we've seen a lot of changes in field hockey, but I think this is the most obvious to an outsider's perspective. But mm -hmm. um, it's fun. Um, it really has, you know, turned up the pace of the game, I think, as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's a great change for us. It definitely, I think, for teams that have really large rosters, that's, you know, that was a huge concern for them, getting in those bottom you know, seven or so kids, um, and I can see why that would be a concern for those those pe people. So, so switching gears a little bit, we want to get to know you, and I guess my first question is really, how did you start to play field hockey, and was that something you were definitely interested in going to the next level when you ultimately came at AIC? So, um, I started playing field hockey when I was in middle school. My sister is four years older than me, five years ahead of me in school. So she was on the field hockey team. Um, we didn't have a middle school team, so I was a team manager. I just wanted to follow my, you know, my sister, follow in her footsteps. Um, I made some great friends through the field hockey team, even when I was a manager. Um, met some really important people, older role models. Um, and I think that uh, that really got me started. Um, 
you know, we had a coaching change going into, I want to say my sophomore year. Um, and you know, that coach that came in, she really set a totally different standard. She set a tone that, you know, Palmerton area high school wasn't used to, uh, she was really competitive, played, um, division one at the university of Maine. So, um, you know, she was really passionate about the sport and just seeing that passion, um, I think really motivated me to take it to the next level. Um, my high school wasn't very good, so I did play club, um, for coach banks as well which I think was kind of a turning point where I played with some players who went on to play at Syracuse and play at Villanova. And um, just seeing that, you know, that competitive level and, you know, that skill level was really exciting to me. So then talk a little bit about how you ended up at AIC, who recruited you. Was it an easy decision for you or is it something you struggled back and forth with? Yeah, so being from Pennsylvania, the majority of my high school classmates all went to Pennsylvania State Schools. Um, in terms of field hockey, I think I was one of two people in my class that actually went on to play field hockey in college. Um, one of my teammates, she went to, um, I want to say it was Philadelphia University. They actually dropped their field hockey program while she was there. Um, throughout my recruiting process, I started things pretty late going into my senior year, which is, you know, some co kids are starting sophomore year. Yep. Um, and I had kind of made my mind up that I was going to go to a private school in Pennsylvania out in Pittsburgh. Um, went on an overnight visit, sort of the structure of official visits was a little bit different back then. So I had one official visit left and I had been contacted by, uh, Julie Zulkowski at the time she was the field hockey coach here at AIC mm -hmm. and she asked me to come for an overnight visit. So I kind of just thought I have one more left. They're fun to do, to meet some people, you know, hang out on a college campus for an evening. So I decided to come check out the school. Um, when I got here, uh, you know, I met the team. They had, they actually were having practice up in Metcalf Gym, so I got to see them play a little bit. I did an overnight visit, um, and I just loved the people that I met when I was here. Uh, you know, I think that that's a huge selling point that the college has is just the people. So I loved my time here. Um, I remember driving back to Pennsylvania. My parents' car actually broke down here in Springfield, so we had to rent a car, drive back to Pennsylvania, and. There wasn't much conversation on the drive home. They had to come back the next weekend to get their car. And then I remember them saying like, okay, Ronnie, it's time for you to make your decision. You're going to the school in Pittsburgh. Cause I was set on that. Um, and I said, no, actually, you know, I think I want to go to AIC. It wasn't really a tough decision for me. Um, I was really fortunate that Julie did see me play cause you know, who knows of AIC down in Pennsylvania. So um, I think that, you know, that was a great opportunity that she reached out to me. It was sort of just fate, I think. Um, but I just really enjoyed my visit here. So the decision itself wasn't hard, but, you know, it was luck uh, that it kind of came in. It swooped in really at the last second there because I basically was ready to sign on the dotted line to go somewhere else. So then, Austin, you go and you play your years here and then you graduate. And where did that graduation take you? So, um... In going into my senior year, we got a new head coach, Stacey Blue. Um, she originally from was uh, coaching in a similar area to where I'm from in Pennsylvania. So um, when I was getting ready to sort of graduate, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And there was a job opened up at Muhlenberg College. So I remember walking down into um, the office and talking to Stacy and just saying, I don't know, like, do you think I should apply? Do you think I have a chance? And she kind of laughed and she said, well, I was roommates with the Muhlenberg head coach for several years. So, so if you helps. want, yeah, if you want me to put in a good word, um, I definitely will. So that gave me the ability to move back home, save some money. 
um, and then, you know, get a jump start on my coaching career. Muhlenberg was a great place to start. It's a really incredible school right in my backyard, about 25, 30 minutes from home. So, um, you know, I was really fortunate to start my career there. So then how long did you spend there? And then once you saw the ASC position open, uh, what went through your head and what were you thinking about having possibly having the opportunity to come back to AIC? Yep. So I was at Muhlenberg for two and a half years, uh, three full seasons. And then in December, I moved up to upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there for a little while unemployed <laughs> and I actually landed a job at um, Hobart and William Smith in the admissions mm-hmm. office and then working part time with their field hockey team. Um, so William Smith has a really incredible history with their field hockey program. And that was a again I guess a little bit of luck um, in terms of landing that job but um, I learned so much when I was up there working for you know some incredible coaches and with incredible coaches it was a great department to be a part of and I think that really helped build my confidence Um, throughout the course of my coaching you know assistant coaching career AIC had an excessive number of coaching changes in the field hockey program so Every time the job opened up, I kind of reflected back on my career so far and, you know, my abilities and wondered, like, are you ready to be a head coach? Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple of times that I was, you know, real close to applying, but I just didn't think that I was ready. And just this last time when it opened up, I kind of um, turned to my husband and I was like, well, um, you know, I'm going to go after this job. Um, he was working at RIT at the time. So, you know, it was kind of you know who knows what's going to happen yeah a five-hour trip um if he stayed up there so all the you know chips kind of fell where they did and we ended up down here in connecticut and you know fortunately i'm back here at aic so as we wrap things up here the one question i ask every single person who comes on the podcast because i think it's very interesting to hear is what moment in life has influenced you the most I said I'd be ready, but I don't know. <laughs> um, and just so people are aware, I gave you this question ahead of time. <laughs> I don't want people to think, oh, man, like I said I'd be ready. And I know. But we know it's a big question, and it's something that we want to give people to talk about because obviously there's many moments in life to where they definitely have different outcomes and different directions and influence on your life. But there are definitely multiple situations, and we just want to hear what one of them is. Yeah. I would say, um, you know, there was an, a situation, it could have been my, I guess it was my sophomore year in high school. So I had this new coach, um, you know, we were getting ready. It was like right around homecoming time. So everyone was starting to get invited to the dance and stuff like that. And I got invited by a, a boy. And I remember my field hockey coach pulling me aside and saying like, do you realize kind of what you're doing? He doesn't have the best reputation. And she really laid down the law. She held me super accountable if she heard anything about it. Um, and I remember being like kind of hurt by it, but also, mm-hmm. you know, recognizing that she was watching me. And as a student athlete, people are watching you. And just as a person, you're being watched at all times. And I think that that helped me set a really high standard and hold myself accountable um, in a lot of different aspects. And I remember leaving the conversation you know being emotional and feeling like she kind of doubted me but I think if anything she really taught me a valuable lesson um I try to hold myself to a high standard I try and hold my student athletes to a high standard my you know everybody around me and I think Mm -hmm. that that situation really helped at the time it was kind of you know not the best situation I felt really uncomfortable but I also think that you know she and I had a great relationship we still keep in touch 
you know, she's coaching at the college level now too, and we stay in hotels. So obviously, you know, we had a really tight bond um, in my high school experience and coaching or playing career. And I think that I look back at that situation. I remember, you know, I can tell you exactly where we were sitting in the hallway when we had the conversation. So I think that that situation, as uncomfortable and unfortunate as it was at the time, um, really set a tone and kind of an expectation that I have for myself um, moving forward. So it's kind of funny, I, you know, there are a bunch of different situations that bounced around in my mind, but I think that that, les- that taught me not just like a field hockey lesson or a work lesson, but a, you know, a really good, important life lesson as well. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Rodney. We appreciate it. And uh, good luck on Tuesday as you guys take on Southern New Hampshire at 3.30 at Abdel Field. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. And that's a wrap on this week's edition of the Yellow Jacket Experience. I'm your host, Thomas Poole. Be sure to join us this Saturday, November 2nd, as we have a pair of 1 o'clock games. The first one, Women's Soccer, Pace University, Senior Day at Abdal Field. Also at 1 o'clock, we have Ice Hockey hosting Army down at the Mass Mutual Center. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you this weekend.